Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. up on this Saturday edition of TC Live, Iga Sviantec looking to defend her title in Doha. Could Jesse Pagula make it two straight against the world number one? Plus, semifinals all across the globe on the men's side. From Argentina to Rotterdam to Delray Beach, we'll let you know who made it to Championship Sunday. And we continue to celebrate Black History Month by looking at the legendary life of Arthur Ashe, a pioneer both on and off the court. Well, we are leading up to the second semifinal at Delray Beach at the top of the hour. Taylor Fritz and Mackie McDonald, two Americans in the Delray Beach semis for the third straight year and eighth time in the last nine years. That's right. We got live tennis coming up top of the hour as we bring you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside Chanda Rubin and Prakash Amitraj. We also have a big interview with Indian Wells Tournament Director Tommy Haas coming up later in the show. But first, I want to get your early thoughts on this big matchup coming up in about 30 minutes. Well, look, Taylor Fritz has been playing fantastic tennis as of late, but I don't think he's reached his, his potential as to where he wants to peak leading into Indian Wells. He's got a tricky one coming up against Mackie McDonald. Mackie uses pace really, really well, so he's able to sort of hug that baseline, keep the balls low, which can get really frustrating. Taylor had a little bit of a similar situation against Manorino, was lucky to scrape by in two sets here, but I think the big advantage for Taylor is going to be on the return of serve. Taylor's going to hold a bunch of games comfortably, maybe have to squeak through a few, but every one of Mackey's games, he's going to be in there. And I think he can really attack that second serve. So I'm looking for him to step it up a notch, as the great players do in the business end of the events, and get the win. Yeah, I think that a lot of this match may come down to who controls the court a little bit better, who can step up a little closer to the baseline. I mean, they both had matches yesterday, Mackie and Taylor, where at times they were kind of searching a little bit, just trying to get balls in. Uh, you know, they weren't quite in as good a rhythm because of their opponents. And so I think this match, they'll both get a lot better rhythm, and it's going to come down to those big weapons. I think Fritz has the advantage in that department. But Mackie, he really competed well, and yeah. he's a good mover, and he could cost some problems uh, in you know on this surface and in these conditions all right we'll keep talking about that match throughout the show but first it was championship saturday in doha for the ladies iga sviantek and jesse pagula last year that was the year of iga she defeated pagula in the quarterfinals or later of four different events and each time sviantek actually went on to win the title there pagula was able to win a set in their last match of 2022 in san diego and that confidence carried over to the new year pagula leading Team USA to the United Cup title, took out Sviantek on the way. It was a 6-2, 6-2 beatdown of the world number one that left Sviantek in tears after the match. Pagula said she thought she did a really good job of playing aggressively, serving smart, and returning really well. So could she do that again today in the final of Doha, Chanda? The Polish star hoping to defend her title from last year when she started that record-breaking 37-match win streak. Well, Iga Sviantek came out 
with something to prove. She started off quick, taking ground, playing inside the baseline and trying to be more aggressive. That's what she wasn't able to do in that last match in United Cup. And with these conditions, a little bit swirly, windy at times, Sviantek with a little more margin, able to come in there and finish things off at the net. And this game was big. This allowed Sviantek to really take control of the first set. It was nip and tuck until that moment. And once Sviantek was able to get that first set wrapped up with four hands like that one, just able to get that little extra margin, little extra spin on her shots. Once she got that first set, she played even better. And she's a front runner, Sviantek. When she can play a little more relaxed, it is tough to stop that train from rolling and not many places for Pagula to go to. Sviantek won nearly 75% of points returning Pagula's second serve, gets her 12th career title. For sure, the bye helped, and uh, Benny definitely got. But honestly, you know, I I don't care how many you know games are won or lost. I just feel like uh, I really found my rhythm here, and after uh, tougher you know beginning of the season, I could really stay focused since the beginning till the end of the matches. And um, I'm pretty happy with my performance. But uh, I wanted to congratulate Jessica for everything, for doubles, for singles, for everything that you're doing. You're you're a really consistent player and uh, your work ethics and, I don't know, everything you represent, it's, it's pretty great. Really kind words there from, from Iga Sviantek after the match. We do care about games won and lost. And by the way, she only <laughs> lost five in three matches, Prakash. She had a bagel in every single match. What impressed you the most from Sviantek this week? Well, she's the bulking season. So she's got <laughs> bagels, she's even got breadsticks, she's going for it all. What impresses me the most about Iga's game is that it has very little to do with her opponent. When she's executing, there's just not very many people that can touch her out there. And I love the fact that she came out and she was, she was just so dominant against Jesse. I think she was able to sort of make a bit of a statement to herself as well. It probably didn't sit very well with her, as we saw there, being so emotional after losing to her in the United Cup earlier this year. But having this form going into Dubai and then going into the Sunshine Double, where she has so many points to defending, she's just cranking it up at the right time. Yeah, I think for me, what impresses me about Sviantek the most is how she doesn't shy away from the big moment. She doesn't shy away from the pressure. I mean, she is number one in the world, still trying to get better. She's still so motivated, finding reasons to try to get that little extra. And that's a special thing. And you combine that with her game, how, you know, how forceful she is, how she can hit winners at will at times. It's a big game, and she's got the mindset as well. Scary for the rest of the tour. This is where she started that 37-match win streak last year. Great tournament, by the way, for Jesse Pagula, won the doubles title there. Some semifinals on the men's side. We go to Buenos Aires. Carlos Alcaraz looking to make the final in his first tournament of the season. He's been getting better and better every match, Bukash. Well, he looks pretty much in top four to me. I mean, he's blasting forehands, pulling his opponents off the court, finding his way into the net. I mean, he's hitting kick serves that are taking his opponent into the front row in that last point there, sealing that first set 6-2. Second set, Zapata Miralek trying to show a little something here. Check it out as he gets a little shimmy shimmy shake. Yeah. Tries to get it past him. A little, a little excitement for him. <laughs> Not much to show. Even a big smile from Carlos there. He's able to entertain the crowd. But it was just too much firepower from Carlos, making life super easy for him with those big forehand angles, opening up the court. That's what you need to do on the clay. Again, Weissner, we're going to be talking about this. I can't decide if hard court or clay is his best surface. 
but the kid looked exceptional, two and two. Well, when you get to number one in the world, you got to be good everywhere. And he certainly showed that last year, winning titles on both surfaces into his ninth career final, hoping for his seventh title tomorrow. Rotterdam we go. Daniil Medvedev trying to reach his 28th tour-level final against Grigor Dimitrov-Chanda, who's hoping to break a 10-match losing streak in tour-level semifinals. Oh, it would not happen in this matchup. And, you know, I didn't want to give it away, but you probably know <laughs> the result by now because Medvedev got off to a terrific start and just so in rhythm, wasn't rushed. And Dimitrov, he's been playing well all week. This has been a terrific tournament for him. He's had an upset uh, getting to this stage. But Medvedev just ate up the pace and even when Dimitrov tried to be a little more aggressive coming in Medvedev finding the angle there off the backhand side he can do so much with that shot good feel off of his racket and he found the rhythm perfectly toughest set Medvedev had was the first one of the tournament lost that one to Davidovich Fokina and since then has just elevated his game and in the biggest match so far comes through in straight. Medvedev said the score looks easy, but the match was not. I felt physically like I was playing five sets. Interesting context to a scoreline that did not look that way. Meantime, Yannick Sinner coming in on a six-match winning streak after taking the title of Montpellier last week, facing Talon Griegspor, the first home player to reach the semis here since 2014. Well, Griegspor has been having one heck of a week, and it took some exceptional tennis from Yannick Sinner to get through today. Last couple points here in the first set. You can see how big Yannick is playing his forehand right now. It's really putting him in good position to be able to win points. I think he's added a little bit of miles per hour on that thing, really getting good body weight behind it. Second set, no breaks. Goes to a breaker here. Greek sport attacking, showing some nice hands here, but Yannick just picking up the backswing on the backhand, giving a good low base, finding that pass up the line. His first match point here is able to find a marvelous touch field lob over the head. And the kid's trying to go lethal weapon. Back to back. <laughs> he is, and uh, he is just one match away. Didn't face a break point. Stellar serving into his ninth tour level final for Yannick Sinner. So let's take a look at these matchups. Medvedev 4-0 against Sinner head-to-head. -head. Alcaraz leading Cam Nori 3-1 in Argentina. Nori won the last meeting, though, in Cincy last year. Chanda, which of the finals are you most looking forward to? You know, I mean, you just keep wanting to see more of Carlos Alcaraz. Mm. And Cam Nori has been impressive the way he has battled. And you would think with his game, it would have been difficult for him to get to this final on clay. But he has been so good mentally. And I think that's going to be an interesting test. Can Nori have enough guile to really get Alcaraz more off rhythm than the previous matches have done? Kyle's the word there. I think he's going to have to use a little bit of that slice, maybe come in a little bit, get him awkward. I got my eyes on the Sinner-Medvedev match, though. Wild to say that both these players are not in the top ten right now. Mm. It's only a matter of time before they get back in there. But they're both playing exceptional tennis, have a little bit of something to prove as well when we talk about the rankings and, and where they want to get back to. So uh, expecting a high-quality affair there. Yeah, Sinner not seated at a tournament, first time in nearly two years. Wow. And Cam Norrie, who won Delray Beach last year, decided to go to the Golden Swing this year, get some more work on the clay. What does he do? He gets to the final. Pretty impressive <laughs> stuff. Looking forward to that one against Carlitos Alcaraz. We're going to talk to Tommy Haas coming up later on the show. He'll talk about Novak Djokovic, Iga Sviantec, and more. But when we come back on TC Live, today's Black History Month feature celebrates the incredible legacy of Hall of Famer Arthur Ashe.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. More than an athlete. It's a phrase we hear when players proclaim that Black Lives Matter or call attention to victims of social injustice. At the core of these gestures is real activism, and that's a testament to the enduring legacy of Arthur Ashe. Ashe was one of the greatest players of his era, winning three Grand Slam singles titles, and he remains the only black man to win Wimbledon. That's it, and he's done it. He really has done it. But those accolades only begin to tell the story of his remarkable life and career. He was born in segregated Richmond, Virginia in 1943. Ash took up tennis at the age of seven, and three years later, he was introduced to legendary ATA coach Robert Walter Johnson. Under Johnson's tutelage, Ash became the first black player ever selected to United States Davis Cup team. On the court, he thrived even as he lived through the injustices of a country in the throes of major social upheaval. As black athletes struggled with the question of how to enact meaningful change, Ash often found himself in the middle of the conversation. In 1968, the year Martin Luther King Jr. was taken from the world, Ash won his first Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open. In 1973, he became the first black man to play in the national tournament of apartheid South Africa. Ash agreed to play under the condition that the normally segregated audience be integrated. Ash, in many ways, epitomized his times, captivating audiences with his excellence on the court, arrested for protesting injustice off it. Then in 1992, he assumed the spotlight again for a different social issue with equally personal stakes. Ash announced that he'd been diagnosed with AIDS. Yes, I have AIDS. But you can look at me and you can listen to me and you can see me. I am not sick. He would devote the remainder of his life to raising AIDS awareness. And he established the Arthur Ashe Foundation for the defeat of AIDS. The foundation's impactful work has continued long after Ash passed away in 1993. More than an athlete, more than a tennis star. Arthur Ashe was living proof that making a change goes beyond the game. Thank you, Nick. What a legacy, Ash famously said. From what we get, we can make a living. What we give, however, makes a life. All of our Black History Month features are available at TennisChannel.com. Our celebration continues all week here on TC Live and all month on Tennis Channel. It's time to reconnect with Tennis Paradise in Southern California. Iga Sviantec is the Indian Wells champion. And it all starts March 8th right here on Tennis Channel. Cannot wait to return to Tennis Paradise TC Live every day at 1 p.m. Eastern. And we are so happy to now welcome in our friend and Indian Wells Tournament Director Tommy Haas to TC Live. Tommy, always good to see you. How you doing? 
Good to see you as well. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Tommy, a lot to look forward to. We are just two weeks away from getting back to tennis paradise, but some big questions remain as well. Novak Djokovic would be the top seed if he were playing. He's won this event five times. As of now, he's not allowed into the country by the U.S. government because he's not vaccinated. He has requested an exemption. What's the latest on his status? Yeah, that's the status uh, as as of for right now. Um, you know, we've been hoping and uh, kind of waiting to see if the restrictions would be uh, lifted. Um, you know, that was kind of, I think, all of our hopes, all of the, the tennis fans around the world, um, you know, have spoken uh, here and there uh, to, to Nole. And obviously he wants to come to Indian Wells. He wants to uh, try to win this title one more time in his career. So uh, we're trying everything we can behind the scenes to try to help him. But it's, it's unfortunately not up to us. So we keep our fingers crossed that maybe something can happen in the next couple of weeks. All right. Still in the draw for now. Certainly everybody would love to see Novak Djokovic come to Indian Wells. On the women's side, Iga Sviantek looking to become the first back-to-back -back champ on the women's side at Indian Wells in more than 30 years, Tommy. She just won the title again in Doha today. Uh, what have you made of her year so far? Yeah, a little bit uh, of a different beginning of the year for her, I believe. Um, didn't really look all that comfortable, maybe with uh, putting a little bit too much pressure on herself uh, at the Australian Open that she talked about herself. Um, of course, I did watch a little bit on the tennis channel the last few days and uh, the way she played in Doha. I mean, I don't know how many games she lost uh, during that week, but it wasn't many. Um, and uh, obviously against uh, Pegula, who's having uh, you know an unbelievable last couple of years being ranked that high, uh, she made her look like... Uh, you know, very, very comfortable win for her there. So um, it looks like she's uh, finding her best tennis uh, once again. Uh, the spring season comes around with Indian Wells and Miami. So uh, in my opinion, uh, the way she's looking right now, she's going to be one of the favorites again in Indian Wells. And uh, there's a good chance that maybe that drought will be over after 30 years and maybe she'll uh, defend her title. First since Martina Navratilova back in 1991. Uh, Tommy, Dominic Team, a former champion at Indian Wells, and Emma Raducanu both announced this week they were receiving wild cards into the tournament. Would you like to break some news for us here on TC Live? Let us know maybe a few other players that will be getting wild cards. Yeah, you know, we like that, um, you know, sort of uh, feeling of letting, letting the players, you know, work a little bit more for it, you know, keep, keeping the suspense up a little bit. Obviously, on those two uh, with Team, who was a former champion there uh, back in 19, having a, such an amazing run. Uh, his first Master Series 1000 that he won, um, I think he gained a lot of fans, especially he also in the U.S. winning that title. Uh, he hasn't been able to be back since, you know, because of the pandemic and some injuries. So that was a no-brainer for us to obviously help him out there. Emma Raducanu, you know, she's uh, one of those players that we all want uh, to do better and then see getting further in these big tournaments again as well. Obviously, her run at the U.S. Open a few years back, through the qualifying, not uh, losing a set. Uh, what an amazing run. What a story. So she's been working hard to get her game up. A little bit unlucky there, beginning of the year with twisting her ankle because she's playing some really good tennis. And I think we saw that the Australian Open against Coco Goff. And then there's obviously the usual suspects out there that uh, sometimes need their help. And then you got to figure out do they deserve the help or not. And then you want to give it to some of the young ones that are sort of, you know, proving themselves and giving them the opportunity like we always do. We like to help the young players out, um, you know, for instance, even like Alcaraz, who we gave a wild card a few years back in the qualifying, um, you know, didn't happen because of the pandemic. But look at him now. Now he's uh, coming in as one of the favorites to win the title. So um, lots of uh, surprising uh, announcements here in the next couple of days, weeks uh, ahead of the uh, BNP Paribas Open. Surprising announcements. All right. Uh, keeping the suspense for us, Tommy. Uh, Taylor Fritz is your defending champ on the men's side. A lot of the American men won't even need wild cards. We've got 10 American men inside the top 50 for the first time in nearly 30 years. Uh, who excites you the most out of that group? 
That was exactly well said, Steve. Uh, because of that situation, right, the, the, the wild card situation becomes a little bit more interesting because all of the top young Americans are, um, you know, in by themselves. And that's how it should be. Um, this is uh, what we've been waiting for. They've done uh, extremely well in, in the last, you know, 16 to 24 months. Um, obviously, Taylor Fritz uh, sort of had a dream run there last year, um, you know, winning sort of his, I think one of his, if it's not his favorite tournament, Masters 1000 against somebody like Rafa Nadal. I mean, that does... That was uh, an extreme highlight. Uh, was amazing to see all the you know behind the scenes as well, even before the match, you know, with the injuries, etc. But he played extremely well. Was always his dream to win it there. And his dad actually, I think, said it. You know, when I, if I recall right, watching uh, on Netflix uh, on Breakpoint, you know, having said that one day you're going to win this tournament, and there it is. So everybody, keep dreaming big. You know, have those goals out there, and it's possible. So uh, you know, Taylor is one of those guys. He loves playing uh, in the desert. Has had great success over the years there. He's going to be uh, pumped to uh, try to defend his title. Um, and then you have Tiafo, who I think has a really good chance to, to go far there. If he's, uh, you know, willing to put in the, uh, the extra hard um, mindset, work, ethic. Uh, you know, Tommy Paul is coming around, had a little bit of a tough match here you now on Delray Beach. But, you know, essentially, when it comes down to it, you know, it's one of those big tournaments. Everyone that shows up, hopefully maybe even Riley Opelka is back, you know, healthy again. Maybe it's his first tournament back. We, we don't know yet. John Isner likes to play there as well. He always likes the altitude, a little bit of that kick serve that he can really use in his advantage. So he's done well there. So I think a lot of Americans on both the women and the, and the men's side that uh, have a chance to really get far. The players love it, Tommy. We love it as well. We are just two weeks away from going back to the desert for the 2023 BNP Paribas Open. Thanks for your time today and look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Can't wait either. Look forward to seeing you there. All right, well, a reminder that we are leading up to the top of the hour for the second semifinal in Delray Beach between Taylor Fritz and Mackie McDonald. Don't go anywhere. Well, a big TC Live congratulations to wheelchair tennis greats Rick Draney and Esther Vergeer who will be inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame this year. Vergeer, one of the most decorated athletes in Dutch sports history, a 21-time singles Grand Slam champ, and then, of course, Draney, a three-time ITF year-end world number one in quad singles, instrumental in the growth of the quad division of wheelchair tennis. Looking forward to that in Newport, Rhode Island this summer. What's trending on social media? Big Foe still trending from his performance last night at the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. And we've now got the video of uh, hashtag mid-range foe, for gosh. <laughs> Listen, if there was someone who had the time of their life last night, it was it was Francis Yeah, But look, giving love to Shaq. He had pictures with Giannis. He had pictures with Wade and, and Gabrielle Union. He had the time of his life. And you know what? There you go. And if you're coming away with a couple buckets where, you know, you're trying to spread the love to everyone who's playing, not a bad evening, Chen. I love it. I love it. I mean, how much fun. You can tell how much fun he's having. And to actually score, I mean, that's going to be, I think, on his social media for him. <laughs> we won't even be able to talk to him when we see him next. His head's going to be that big. Have, but, have, have, have we seen a tweet from Kyrgios <laughs> yet saying, you know what, I'm going to get in next year, and I'm going to have more than four points. I, he had a photo of 21 Savage. Do you think, big foe? Do you think? Uh, th this was from the quarterfinals in Delray Beach. A bit of an icy handshake between Michael Moe and Mackie McDonald at the end of this match. Uh, Prakash, you got some insight for us? Well, I, I believe what happened was, was Moe was a little upset. He, he seemed to think that Mackie was uh, uh, making fun of the way he bounces the ball a little bit, and that, that got in his head. And you know what? That was, that was enough to have him a little bit distracted and uh, 
let go of that lead he had in that third set. But, uh, you know, these things happen, and you got to be able to manage the moment and somehow make it through. But, um, you know, two, two good guys, not, not, not fun to, you know, see a little ice at the end of the match. Yeah, I think it's always frustrating when you're up like Mo was, was up 4-2 in that third set, was up in the second set as well, could not close it out. This would have been a big match. This would have been his first semifinal, ATP Tour semifinal. So it was a lot at stake, and, you know, emotions are high. I mean, you know, a lot of times get rid of that after a while. And guys, you guys seem to become friends a lot easier after something like this. <laughs> well, this got us to thinking. Some other icy, uh-oh. The pass by from Holger Runa to, to Kasper Ruud, Roland Garros last year. I mean, there were there were rumors that there, there may have been a little fracas in the locker room after this one. You know that... Oh, here's another one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now that's icy right there. Quarantine, uh, <laughs> Mute and Igor Andreev. That's hot. That's hot. They had to be separated. They had to be separated yeah. there. When you do the handshake and you go in for the bump, now I like this. Yeah, this is the chore choreographed bro shake between <laughs> Dominic Team and Alexander Zverev. And, and you gotta, you got to add a little bit more sauce on that because that's a choreographed bro shake at the end of a Grand Slam final where the where the opponent could have won two. That, that, that counts for a lot. Some good sportsmanship there. You know, by the way, if those two got into a fight, Rune and Rude, yeah. who are you backing? <laughs> oh, Chanda? Just, just got me thinking right there. I don't there. know enough about him, Prakash, to t let you know. I mean, I, I think, I I think Rune's sure. a little feistier. You know, he, he wouldn't mind playing dirty. Maybe, you know, you know, bite him on the arm a little bit. You know, Casper, he might just he might just play too nice in the fight. So, yeah. might, might be Rune, but I wouldn't mind. I'd pay a little pay-per-view for that. <laughs> uh, finally, we got. I know you didn't want a funny business, Chanda, but happy birthday to our own Chanda Rubin. We love you. Look at that beautiful picture. Turning 29 today. Incredible. <laughs> We're going to celebrate the 30th next year big time. Oh my goodness. Well, I appreciate you guys. I do. And look, if I had to spend my birthday anywhere and with anyone, it would be you guys. We love you. Hey, wh where was this one of the many trophies that you won? Where was this? <laughs> uh, it wasn't a lot. They are all coveted, but that was eSport. Beautiful. That was a special one. Yeah. Beautiful. A little slice and dice, Chan. You know, the net. it's always power, Prakash. That's all I got. Come on now. <laughs> Where's that big cup right now? Is that at home? They don't give you that. Yeah, oh. it stays over at Devonshire Park. That's, well, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, oh, happy birthday, Santa. Thanks. And many, many more from your Tennis Channel family. <laughs> Still to come here on TC Live, a hot shot of the day. And, of course, we're going to get you ready for the match of the night. Taylor Fritz, Mackie McDonald. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Steve, back with your hot shot of the day. And this one's coming from Rotterdam. Daniil Medvedev, what's up here? They're just playing a little hide-and-go-seek there. Guy <laughs> went completely off the camera. You couldn't even see him. They couldn't decide if he was going around the alley, decides to go over the net, somehow finds it in. And look, this is how excited he was. 
I mean, the guy's just outrageously good. He's locked in. All right, this was the first semifinal in Delray Beach. 2019 champ Radu Albot facing Miyamir Ketsmanovich. And his first set was a battle, went back and forth, but that on set Game point and first set. goes a little bit wide. That might have been a hot shot if it had gone in. Mm. Ketsmanovich takes that first set. It was a real advantage because into the third, he was able to get back on track. Ketsmanovich just a little bit more solid. The movement around the court, that came into play. And down the stretch, he was able to get that extra ball back in play there and the end big win in three sets 100th tour level victory it was interesting both these guys coming in with 99 career victories and it was misha that gets his 100th and into the final where he will await the winner of taylor fritz and mackie mcdonald the four seed ketsmanovich having a good week so far and he took out one american marcos girone in the quarterfinals will be guaranteed to meet another one in the final well, it's coming up just moments away. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Chanda, uh, keys for both players heading into this match. You know, I think it's going to be a, who can be more aggressive early on. Obviously, Fritz has the weapons on the serve. You know, that is going to, I think, generate him maybe a few free points here or there. But it's been tough in Delray. Conditions have been a little bit slow. It's been a little bit breezy at times. So Fritz has had to be a little more consistent. And I think that has actually helped his game. But he's got that confidence. I think that gives him that slight edge. But McDonald was impressive the way he came back in both the second and third sets to take that match yesterday. So I think he's got some confidence and certainly he can give Taylor a good run. Mm. All right, so we're, we're looking at Taylor as, as, as the favorite to come through. I think we've all agreed on that. But let's, let's talk patterns here for Mackey. What does he need to do? I, I think two big shots for him are going to be that forehand cross court and that backhand up the line. When he's able to pull Fritz a little bit more wide with that forehand cross court and pulling the trigger on that backhand down the line, it takes Taylor out of that three-quarter court where he's his best. When he's in the three-quarter court dictating inside out, inside in, I think that's where he's strongest. Taylor's been moving very well, so it's going to be no easy task Taylor, pushing him out seconds. wide. But I think those patterns will open up the court the best for Mackey. No secrets between these two, Chanda. They met once before on tour level, actually in Delray Beach. McDonald took that one. They played three times in lower levels. Taylor Fritz won all of those. What has changed since 2019 for both these guys? Obviously, Taylor Fritz is now a top 10 player. Yeah, Taylor Fritz is at a different level. He's got a different mindset, a different level of confidence about himself. And certainly for, you know, when you look at these types of matchups between countrymen and between players who have played plenty of times from juniors on throughout their careers, there's always that little added dynamic, that little extra tension that comes into play. So who can kind of execute um, through those moments? I think for McDonald, he's going to look to try to use, you know, more of his net game. He's going to try to sneak in, try to add some weight to his game that way. So on top of those patterns you talked about, Prakash, I think that's going to be important if he can execute that successfully. But, you know, Fritz, he's not going to want to go down in this match, especially having lost to Mackey the last time they played. Yeah. Looking for a little bit of revenge tonight. The players, as you see on the court, Chanda, for her birthday, gets to call the match with Mark <laughs> Petschy. So the, the birthday celebrations continue. You can take that apple pie into the booth. Uh, it's already there, Steve. Oh, it's already there. It's already How there. about the ice cream? I couldn't take the ice cream because it was going to melt. So okay. Don't let Petsch take it away. <laughs> Put a note on my book to not forget it. Thanks for watching TC Live. Enjoy the match next, and we'll talk about it tomorrow night.